Quick CYA, otherwise known as a disclaimer, the following podcast includes financial information that is for informational purposes only. The information shared comes from the opinion of the host, that would be me, from personal experience, research, and advice from others. I am not a certified financial advisor, nor do I have any financial credentials besides an interest in learning more. I hope you find this information helpful, but do not make any financial decisions solely based on the information provided here. Thank you. Asking is half of the of the job, you know, yeah. like get the job done like women we need to yes. stand for yourselves and and we need to ask for what we think we deserve Hi guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah, and by listening to this podcast, we have now become best friends. And as best friends do, here we talk about life, ask interesting questions, and open up the floor to learn what else is out there. Before we get started, be a pal and subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating because that is what friends do, and by doing so, you give someone else a better chance of finding it. All right, friend, let's get into the episode. Well, hi, and thank you so much for being here. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, can you give a little bit of an overview uh, before we really dive in um, in your background, um, where you come from? Because I think you have a very interesting story, and I've only heard part of it. So um, can you let us in there a little bit? Of course. Well, my name is Liz. I'm a money coach, and uh, I'm originally from Spain and living in Sydney, Australia at the moment. I'm also Australian, so yeah, dual citizenship kind of girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am an economist with a finance major. And um, I arrived in Australia like seven years ago, pretty much, with um, $5,000 in my bank account. And uh, I made it all the way up to becoming a head of outsourcing services, managing a team of 22 people. And uh, yeah, I want to empower you and your audience to learn how to get there. Oh my gosh. How did, what brought you to Australia? Well, it was right after the crisis, the economic crisis in mm. Europe. So uh, Spain was hit really hard, as you guys may know. And um, yeah, like it had a, a huge impact, not only in the jobs that were available, but also in the mindset, people's mindset. Um, and, um, I, I just decided, um, you know, I would, um, I would, uh, have more opportunities elsewhere. And, uh, at that time, my sister was living in Australia. She was working there and, um, uh, I just decided to, to go for it. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. So did you come with like, or did you go to um, Australia with a job like lined up or did you just kind of go and you're like, let me just wing I it? I had nothing, Sarah. Oh I had nothing lined up. You know, it was uh, that leap of faith for me. You know, um, I had already lived in Australia to shortly for six months um, because I did a, an exchange uh, semester with um, with uh, Sydney Uni. 
and my university in Spain, Universidad de Navarra. And, uh, but that, that's about it. Like, uh, that, you know, that's all I knew. I thought, oh, let's give this a go. Yeah. Oh my not? God. I love that. So then, so you climbed your way up, you're managing 20, what is 20 people? And yeah. you're like, you know, head honcho, you're doing amazing, but you're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Because COVID hit. Because <laughs> COVID hit. All right. So, so um, that's how you moved to money coaching? Mm-hmm. That's right. So I became a certified uh, life coach and uh, I decided to help people take control of their finances and uh, know where they're at, know where they're going, and I help them get there. Um, I had be- been coaching teams for a couple of years as part of my you know, day-to-day uh, job, um, but um, I decided it was time for me to just go for it, you know, and do it full time. So here I am, Sarah. I love it. Oh my God. I love that so much. I think um, the coaching space is so interesting. It's it's still mm-hmm. very new, um, mm-hmm. but I, uh, you know, the more coaches I meet, the more I see how necessary it is. Um, and if you've, if, you know, if you're listening and you've never heard of any of like life coach, money coach, business coach, like, or you listen and those sound very frilly, like 100%, they do kind of sound kind of frilly, but it's almost like a mentor, um, but a lot more hardcore. Yeah. So um, like any mentor that you have in college, like we're used to getting mentors um, or, you know, being recommended to find a mentor. This is like a mentor that you're financially invested into, but then they are very invested in you, obviously, because you pay for that service. And it, um, you know, I, I think they're so valuable in whatever you are trying to do um, or excel in and whatever ever area that they do. So when you, um, when you coach your clients, you know, what do you, what do you bring uh, what do you bring them through? Like what processes? Can you give us a little idea of like what that looks like? Yes, of course. Um, so in my journey, you know, I started off, um, pretty much mopping floors, you know, uh, working as a barista in Australia and, um, what made me, you know, switch and shift my mindset, mindset for me was, the moment I started asking myself better questions in terms of money, in terms of self-confidence, mm-hmm. in terms of my future, and in terms of money, because money is energy, money is everywhere. And um, yeah, like, of course, people say money doesn't bring happiness, but neither does poverty, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. You might as well just uh, have money uh, to have the peace of mind and the freedom, you know, uh, to allow you to spend time with whoever you want and uh, to do whatever you want. So uh, that's when everything, you know, started changing for me. I started investing in uh, coaches and that was it for me. The moment I started, um, you know, investing in myself, that's when other people started investing in me. And that's when my career took off. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. So answering your question, Sarah, like what do I do as a, as a money coach? Um, well, first of all, in my one-on-one coaching sessions, what I do with my clients is um, 
uh, we go together through a list, uh, a little bit of a checklist, and we see where they are at in terms of their savings, in terms of their investments, um, and uh, negotiation skills. That's something that we practice as well. I get a lot of clients who are looking at um, just changing, you know, their mindset uh, in terms of how to approach a job interview, uh, how to ask for a raise, um, and uh, we analyze what kind of self-talk they're having internally and uh, we we see together and uh, you know how that's working for or against them so so you you seem to be very focused on like money mindset and and i the the way even the way you speak about money um and and like how you feel about money your relationship with money it's very clear that you have a i mean obviously very positive relationship with money um but i think you have a really different outlook can you like walk us through that a little bit um especially like when so many people have um like a very negative mindset towards money um scarcity mindset but then it really goes into um their in themselves as well, because, uh, it goes into your earning potential, how much you feel that you are worth. Um, and I think it kind of all ties in. And so you, can you walk us through like how, um, kind of like how you walk a client through that mindset shift? Obviously we don't have, I'm sure that you could do wonders in a longer amount of time, but just give us a little bit. Yes, of course. Well, um, it's, it's just such a surprise when somebody starts looking into the, the data and um, it, just to see where, you know, a whole country is in terms of, you know, a money mindset. For example, did you know that 20% of Americans don't save any of their annual income at all? And um, oh, like I did not know that. Who do save are putting away a lot. So over 40% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for retirement and in terms of millennials um 56 percent of millennials don't have any money saved a retirement account so it you know all these numbers are very similar you know from country to country and uh, the look the numbers are not better in in spain or australia um and um we need to change this. It's just, it's all about getting started. Um, you know, money can feel like, um, yeah, kind of a, a sensitive topic to, to many people, but money is just energy. You know, that's, that's how I look at it. Um, we need it every day of, you know, you know, just to buy a coffee or uh, when we want to, um, donate some money to charity and help others or when we want to buy a gift for our mom for mom's day um, or when we are investing in our education right so money is just a means for you to get what you need or what you want or a, a means to help others um, so you know, like if your intent is good, then money in your hands is going to be good. So um, my goal is to, you know, like make people embrace that concept uh, of money and uh, and really help them ask themselves how they see money because that's the first step, you know. Um, that was such a good question, Sarah, because 
um, a lot of clients come to me and they say, well, yeah, I want more money. You know, uh, I want to, I want to ask for a raise at work. I'm not, I'm not really, you know, happy with the current, my current salary. And then I start asking them questions and I, and I ask them, I say, Hey, so what does money mean to you? And then all these concepts, all these negative concepts start coming up, right? Like uh, the other day, like one of the the women I was working with, she said, well, you know, like um, when I look at somebody who's rich, what I see is uh, somebody greedy. You know, I'm sure like nobody gets rich without having done something wrong. You know, he's probably not paying taxes or evading or so that. That is an example of a limiting mindset, you know, um, like limiting belief, the negative mindset belief that is not helping her. Because if you truly believe deep inside you that the person who has money, you know, has those values, those negative values is corrupted or, you know, like is stealing from people or is greedy, you know, then your daily actions, whether you notice it or not, or the way you talk about money or the way you ask for for a raise or you don't ask for a raise, are all going to be aligned to that core core statement that you decided, you know, is your core value around money. So unless you shift that mindset, then money will never come to you, obviously, because you think that money, you know, is dirty or is corrupted. So what I usually do is I help her, I help them because it happens to Ben as well. Um, I help them, you know, come up with examples in their life where money, you know, is positive and uh, where people are doing great things with, with that money, right? Even themselves. So, so that, we can slowly start to shift that mindset. It could be anything from donating to charity to, um, you know, when we had the Australian fires here in, in December and in January, you guys in the U.S., thank you so much. You were sending so much money and, like, the reconstruction of the, you know, like, the, the countryside for us was made thanks to you. And now, you know, Australia is a safer place thanks to the U.S. donations. So... What a great example of two countries coming together, helping each other out, thanks to money. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love, I love the way that you think of money so positively. And uh, we have very similar um, ideas of money. And um, I always like to say, like, money is a tool. Um, and I like how you compare it to energy because, um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times people, they are, they're just running around. If you can hear the thunder, I'm so sorry. Like, South Carolina is always in a tropical storm at any time. Oh, I love the ride. But I can't <laughs> hear a thing. It's so sunny here in Sydney. Australia. Yeah, you, you look like you're just a beaming goddess and it's like gray and gloomy over here um but um yeah people people will you know they want more money want more money want more money they have this this um I hate to call it a greed because I believe it comes from from a good place um it Mm -hmm. comes from a place that um we can't really help with the scarcity mindset and you may have lived through um not having money you know what it's like to be without and so that creates like a very real hunger and like mental hunger wanting more money more money more money but 
like you said, money is energy. You can, you use money for things. And I think this is very relevant to, um, like when people ask for raises, um, and we'll, we'll talk about negotiation in a mm-hmm. second. I think that's a very, very, very valuable skill, um, that you need to have. Um, I mean, that goes along with knowing your worth, but right. it should be yeah. taught at schools. Yeah, it should. Absolutely. Um, and when people are like, oh, well, I want a um, 10% raise. And if they get that 10% raise, um, that you know, there are some people that keep getting raises, keep earning more money, earning more money, earning more money, yet they still seem to be out of money. They, they find themselves to never seem to have money, no matter how much money they're earning. And it's because they are lifting their lifestyle 10% because they got a 10% raise. Sometimes, you know, people get very comfortable, raise their lifestyle 15%, even though they only got a 10% Mm -hmm. raise. And they are seeing money as like something that's just being thrown out the window. It's, It's to buy purses and cars and computers and it's to buy fancy things. When in fact, like money can make money. That's True. what investing is. Um, mm-hmm. Most of your, yes. your income. You have to make your money work for you. Yeah. Not yes. the other way around. That's right. Yes. It, I, you know, and I think, I think you can, if you're really, really smart with your money, you can have most of your income working for you in some mm-hmm. capacity. Um, yeah. You know, and that, that goes into much deeper topics. But um, yeah, I absolutely... We just went through a tangent there. Correct. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that one, Sarah. It's not what you um, what you earn. It's what you save yeah. and what you do with that money. Uh, so especially your generation, the earlier you start, the better. Like, yes. It can make such a big difference, you know, for you guys to start investing just a couple hundred dollars Um per month or on a weekly basis. Um, if you're starting your twenties all the way up to your sixties, you can retire with $1 million guys. Yeah. Compounding interest is real. We said this in like the last, oh. I think it was the last episode. We were like, compounding interest is real. It's, and it, it's you need to ride that train. And the mm-hmm. younger you are, the better. It's a wave. It's a wave coming. And if you're a surfer, you know, like it's now or never. Right. So, there's people jumping on the wave of compounding interest and there's other people who are just like buying engines and try to paddle and paddle and paddle and they never get there because if you start in your thirties or in your forties, then a hundred, you know, a couple of hundred uh, dollars invested per month just doesn't cut it anymore. Then you need to play the catch up game. Yeah. Oh, well, I love that analogy. I want that mm-hmm. on a t-shirt. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's the right mindset. Yeah, put it on a t-shirt and we'll go 50-50, Sarah. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, okay, so we, we talked a little bit about, about negotiating. And um, I would love for you to, to uh, coach us a little bit on negotiating, um, knowing your worth, um, especially for uh, my audience is is you kind of my age, we're fairly young, um, you know, early twenties, mid twenties, upper twenties, um, for the most part, um, many coming right out of college or, um, you know, they keep getting the, you don't have enough experience, you don't have enough experience or they get into the workplace and they're treated differently because they're young. Um, mm-hmm. and although, you know, you must be respectful for those people who worked hard and gotten that, uh, you know, they, they earned, you know, that experience as well. Um, it can be really dangerous um, for a young person to 
um, think of themselves in that way and, and they can get really taken advantage of when um, they start to negotiate salary. And people know it. The problem is that people know it and they will lowball um, younger people. So yeah, mm-hmm. take it away. Let us know what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have to say this. This is this might be an example of a um, a little bit of a limiting belief as well, you know, because you if you know if we look at people like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, for example, they started off in their garage, right, in their twenties, and yeah, people were looking down at them at the beginning because they were so young. But you guys, your generation, you have so much potential that anything is possible. So get all that, you know, uh, kind of like negative self-talk or insecurities out of your head because you guys are the future and your energy is so strong. Everybody's seeing it, right? I'm a millennial. I'm like, uh, I guess the, the last year of, uh, you know, yeah. a millennial. Don't, don't do the math. But um, I look up to you guys. Like what, what you are doing is amazing. Like, I have TikTok and I'm a big fan of Gen Z, your generation. And um, and I've coached, you know, you guys at work as well. Um, and um, I see how you work. And yeah, it's a different mentality. But first of all, for a, any kind of negotiation, the first thing is to know what you're bringing to the table. You have to know your worth right? That's why all this like negative self-talk is, can be very damaging, you know, long-term because we, we have over, you know, like thousands and thousands of thoughts per day. And, you know, this negative talk makes up for a, a certain percentage, then in the long-term it adds up. And then, you know, by the, by the time you, you get to my age, it's just very different, you know, difficult to um, unlearn all that, right? So first of all, just know your worth. Second of all, add value. Just add value. Listen, ask the right questions. Don't be afraid to ask, how can I, how can I help you? How can I, you know, like add value to this company? What else can I be doing? Uh, nobody's going to resent you for that. Uh, like quite the opposite. Third, look at what other people are doing, but also be yourself. Like we we're all different for a reason. And it's because we all have something that our community needs. Okay. So learn to have that self-awareness. That's why hiring a coach is so important or a mentor, uh, somebody who respects you and somebody who observes and studies what you're doing and, can teach you about who you are and can highlight all those um, personality traits that can work for for you, right? Um, The fourth thing that I would recommend is to ask for it, okay? Like when I was was managing 22 people, they, they were, most of them, like never asked me for a race. Never. And we, and I was that kind of um, boss who would, um, you know, nurture relationships at work. I would, my door was always open. I would give people the opportunity to have a coffee, one coffee a month with me if needed uh, for a one-on-one, you know, catch up. Do you know how many people took that opportunity? Just guess. Uh, out of 22 people? 
Uh-huh. Oh, God. well, you would hope that all of them would. Um, we'll say half. It would. Well, you'd be wrong, Sarah. Unfortunately, only five people. Oh, my God. Who got the offer? Question. How many, mm-hmm. and this is coming, you know, from, I went to an all-women's college. I'm a very pro-women feminist person. Um, as, and, as you could be, and, yeah. And I applaud men for this. Um, so my question is, how many of, of those five were men who took you up on that offer? Let me think. It was four. Four of them were men. Four of them were men. Yeah, I think, and I think this this is this goes across the board. Um, you know, I I'm <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. like to put things in boxes, <laughs> but um, you know, people specifically women. Um, I've just seen it so often in women. Um, in the women in my life, are not willing to ask ask for help, ask for more, ask um, mm-hmm. you know ask what they can do, ask what they can improve, um, you know, ask for feedback. They won't ask for anything. They don't want to be a bother. Um, you could hand them, you could have the world in your hands and try to give it to them and mm-hmm. they will politely decline. Um, you should have that. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve that. Like blah, blah, blah. And they won't go for it. And that's half the battle, probably 80% of the battle, whenever I talk to my Mm -hmm. friends or my colleagues and they're afraid to ask, um, you know, we're talking about raise here, ask for a raise. I'm like, I mean, half the battle is just to get them to, to give themselves permission to ask. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I, I think this happens a lot in women, um, and it's even been something that I struggle with just Across in my life. all cultures. It's not all, just in yeah. the U.S. Life, they want to right? ask permission. They want somebody else to say, hey, you're doing a great job. You should ask her a raise. Hey, like, yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. You should yeah, definitely be Yeah, that's never going to happen. Like, it's never going to happen. I would never say that to somebody who works for me. Yeah. No, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen to ask for a raise. It's never going to happen to ask if, if you're asking somebody to, if you should start that business. If you're asking somebody if you should start that podcast. Like I have a, a system where I like don't talk to people because I'm like, I don't want your opinion. I don't want to hear what you have to say because you're not me. Oh my God. Did you hear that? Oh, is that a thunder? Uh, yeah. It sounded like oh, a yeah, house blowing over, but <laughs> Anyway, like I don't. That I, means you have energy. What you just said, you yes, know, that's that's right. That's, that's right. Powerful. The lightning's just taking it. Thank you to the sky for enlightening my point. Sarah is enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like I. It's not. You don't need any permission except for yourself. No. Like you and nobody Never ask for permission. You know to like that to go on a t-shirt too. for what you deserve. Yeah. You know, and you're so right. Um, across cultures, it is a pattern that, again, it depends on the person. But, yeah, like, we can see it with our eyes that it's linked to gender as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's on us women to have that level of self-awareness. Yeah. And to just shift that pattern. We need to just change it. And um, you need to believe that you're worth it because if you don't, nobody will. Yeah. And you have to ask for what you deserve because if you don't ask for it, well, nobody will on your behalf. Yeah. Nobody's going to give it to you. Right. Even if you ask for it, 
you know, the fact that, like, you know, some of these people came to my office, you know, uh, to ask for a raise doesn't mean that I gave a raise to all of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, then you would have to defend it. You would have to, you know, tell me why support that, you know, um, yeah, like what you're asking for. And, um, sometimes I said, look, uh, I don't think this is the right time. And I would always give, give out the reasons why. Um, and sometimes, you know, I would give them the race, but in order to get there, you know, asking is half of the, of the job, you know, yeah. like get the job done. Like women, we need to yes. stand for yourselves and, and we need to ask for what we think we deserve. Now let's take a quick break for a very special non-sponsor, Novice Studios. Novice Studios is a production company helping small business owners transform their digital presence from amateur to authority. They offer content strategy and consulting, video production, and content launches. And if you're looking to launch your YouTube channel or podcast, you need to talk to Kristen. Kristen is the only reason that this podcast is a thing. The fact that it goes up and my sound sounds good. And if you enjoy this podcast, she's the reason that you enjoy it. I cannot recommend Kristen at Novice Studios enough. They are the only people that you need to talk to about video and audio production. If you want to check them out, go to novicestudiosclt.com. That is novicestudiosclt.com. And even, you know, to those who asked, and this is something that's worth considering, I started looking at them differently because that, you know, that um, shows you that not only you know what your self-worth is, but secondly, you have a plan, you know where you're going. You're not just like swimming, you know, and allowing the current to take you places. You're demonstrated leadership you're demonstrated that grit, that you know what you want and you're, you're a go-getter, you're going for it. So it's just the tip of the icebergs, right? Like, like the, the question, like the knock on the door to ask for a raise. Hey, Liz, can I get a raise? But what you don't see is all the work that all these people, in, the, in this case, mostly men, had done, right? Like we, do, we need to, you know, do that work our, ourselves and it's our inner work you know and if we don't know how to do it ourselves then we need to hire somebody who can help us get there like hire a coach you know um because money is energy again like if you invest in yourself by hiring a coach then people will start investing in you yeah no i absolutely agree well i asked for um, my last not my last job my two jobs ago um uh, well, actually, I've asked for, I think in every job I've had, um, almost, not, not, not every, but almost every job I've had, I have uh, asked for and negotiated a raise. I've well never, done. I've never been denied. Um, you yes. know, we're running strong. Now I work for myself. So if, I, if I ever get denied now, we got other issues. Um, but, um, my biggest one was, in, it was in my first, uh, like big girl corporate job. And, um, you know, after 
I did not come to that interview prepared with proper mm-hmm. salaries. Always come prepared. Yeah, I yeah. did some research. You know, I had an idea, but I did not really do the extensive, as much research as I could have. Um, That's okay. Even, you learned your lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Even like, I, I wish I would have reached out to other research and development chemists, like really gotten a feel for the market. Um, Look, you're you're already one step ahead of ninety nine percent of people out there <laughs> because you had you know, what it took, you had the courage it took, you know, for you to knock on that door and ask for it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well done. So when I, when I went into that interview, I, I was just graduated. Of course, they gave me a job. Woohoo. It was a great salary for sure. And then I was in the job. I was doing very well. It was very clear that I was meeting my expectations. I was getting very good feedback from my managers and through, um, some research and also just discussions with my uh, coworkers who were who were sort of mentors to me. Um, I was the new kid, and they really took me under their wing. Um, and they were, you know, some people have varying opinions on talking about wage in the workplace. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think that it should be a secret thing. I think that can lead to very dangerous situations. That, mm-hmm. But you do run into um, then differing personalities cannot take that kind of communication. It gets very awkward, which is also understandable. But thankfully, we had a very open and understanding relationship. And they really coached me into seeing um, what I, I should have been offered um, and what I should have been making. And so mm-hmm. at that time, um, I guess I was feeling myself a lot that day. And I asked for a $10,000 raise being at that job for three months. I will repeat, <laughs> I do not recommend that. I don't recommend that. Like if you were in your job three months, you're like, hey, Sarah said, do not do that. But in this situation, you know, I did my research. I saw what I was supposed to be making. Um, you know, I did comparison. I, I looked at my um, my numerical data in yes, in how so I was contributing to the company, and how yes. I approached it was um, I st- I did it through an email. Um, which then to request a meeting to discuss it. Um, But in that email is where I listed out the numerical data um, for them to already have in mind and be thinking about before I even met. You know, I expressed like the projects I had worked on, um, you know, whatever your job may be, you could say the money you've saved or the, um, you know, productivity that you've had or um, independent projects that you've taken on, people that you've mentored, extra things you've done. Um, There was a, there's a camp that I was a mentor at or I like did like a workshop or something. And they were going into high school and I told them, I promise this is relevant. Um, I told them, you know, I want you to start it. So they're like, no, 11. Oh my God, that's way too young. They're like 14. Uh, I was like, I need you to start a list right now on your computer. And I want you to call it things that make me awesome. And I told them, I was like, write down every single thing that you do. Every time you volunteer at a pet store, every time that you go pick up trash, every time that you have an internship, every time that you go shadow somebody, write it down because you will forget. And like one, it's great to look out for a mood boost. But then also when you go to apply for jobs, when you go to ask for raises, this goes for adults too. Like 
write down your accomplishments, write, have a running list of the amazing things that you're doing at work, because when you need it, you will have that to pull from saying, here's the proof of everything that I've done. Because just because you can say all the feely, touchy, feely things, all your worth, know your worth. I'm, I'm fantastic. Like, yes. And we will speak that into you. So you have the courage to go, but you have to also have the backing. You have to support it with data. That's the right way. Yeah, that's right. So the mentality is just what gets you to the door. But then it's your hard work and all your data yeah. and negotiation skills that's going to get you the race. Yeah. Once oh, I also, I did not get a full 10,000. I did get seven, which well, honestly, you that's I was 70% not, yeah, I was not expecting the full that's 10. So I was pretty happy with myself. And that's $7 extra that you didn't have the day before. So good on you. And that's definitely the way to go, Sarah. Well done. That is so impressive. Um, And yeah, that's that's right. Like some people think, oh, I'm just going to ask for a raise, right? Um, And yeah, I've had people knock on my door and say, come very emotional. Um, Oh, yeah, you can't. You cannot lead with emotion. You cannot. And I I once remember these... um, yeah, like this person, and um, yeah, like he was not happy at all. Like uh, you could, you could tell that it was this was just um, you know like kind of a I don't know like a rant, in, in, you know, instead of a like a raise negotiation. So yeah, you should never do that because you don't want to put the person who has to give you a yes in an uncomfortable position, right? So the right way to do it is just send that person an email the way you did it, or in person, you know, once the opportunity comes, that's why it's important to keep an open communication with all managers, no yes. matter what, you know, just, um, if you're not interested in them as a person, as, as a professional, um, then that's not a long-term relationship. You're not building a relationship. You're just working in the same space. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and they're not going to be interested in you back. Uh, why should they? Right. Um, so yeah, it's important to build relationships with everybody at work, you know, and try to add value uh, to as many people as possible if you want them to add value to yours, to you as well. Oh, um, wow. Mm-hmm, right? Because people say, oh, it's about, I'm going to ask for a raise, right? Well, then what, why, what are you giving back? Like, would you give a raise to yourself? So first of all, send that email, you know, just the fact that somebody sends me an email to block some time, even if it, you know, like, even if the, like the subject of the email says, just one-on-one catch up with Liz, that makes me notice them. Okay. Cause I don't have the time in my day. Like, um, you know, your boss doesn't have t- enough time to sit down and, and think, okay, why, why is this person asking for a one hour, you know, half an hour catch up what's going on. And then, you notice them and, you know, you go through the numbers you, to prepare for the meeting. It's good to give them the heads up as well, you know, and say, especially if you can do it in person, it's like, hey, actually, I would like to, you know, uh, if you're available next week or um, let me know when you're available because I would like to sit down and discuss because, I don't know, it could be anything. Like, my personal situation has changed or I would like to talk about how I can um, contribute to the company in a different way. It could be anything, you know, we like ideas, like managers like ideas, especially if it's adding value to, to them. And then, you know, prepare for the meeting. That's for sure. You did, you, you did a great job by having all that, all that data 
supporting what you were asking for. Um, when I've given races before, um, they didn't really come like like with the data straight away. Sometimes it was you know quite obvious that you know they deserved it and that you know like I was gonna give them a raise but some other times I was in doubt I was you know because it happens because you know like you have different priorities and the way they handled my objections was with the data so always have a backup plan in case you get a no you know don't be scared of a no that's something that you know most people are scared of like both men and women but yeah also women because I don't know what what's inside us. You know how I don't know. we hate we hate no's. We don't really like no's. We we like validation. We want to be yes. a good girl. I don't know. I don't know how you know that's so ingrained in our brains. So we need to realize that it's there so that we can, you know, like make it work for us. Like change that mindset so that it works for us. Yeah. Um, so a no is a no, like it's just, it's not gonna, it's not the end of things. It, like a manager is not going to start hating you because they gave you a no. The fact that you asked is really going to make them respect you more. Yeah. And if you get a no, you can mm-hmm. say like, Hey, okay. Like absolutely. Um, you know, can we revisit this subject in three months? Yes, And I would right. love to follow up um, with some some feedback that you could give me um, mm-hmm. in more ways that I could contribute to the company. Um, That's right. This is the key question that you yes. need to ask them when you get a, if you get a no. If you know, you can say, "Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for um, taking you know this into consideration." Okay, we're in quarter one or quarter two um, of the financial year what do I need to do in order to get this race or, you know, this position, it could be a position, whatever, by the end of, you know, like, I don't know, quarter three or the end of the financial year, what exactly do I need to get done? Because I will do it. You know, I will work harder in order to, um, you know, to get there and make sure it's, um, on an email make sure yes <laughs> oh my goodness documentation 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 document so and the best way to do that for because you you can say you know a lot of times this is said verbally in a meeting whenever you have a meeting with anyone anyone you yes, send an email right. follow-up saying just to recap on what we said bullet mm-hmm. points and if there are numerical agreements put those numerical agreements in that email. Um, you know, a kind note, happy, so excited to talk to you again um, on this date in quarter four. You know, if that was said, make sure you have that, all of that aligned because you will want to reference that for yourself to remember what you promised and then what remember what they promised you. That's right. So you can end the meeting with that powerful question I just shared. And then you can say, is it okay if I if I schedule another appointment in six months, because I'd love the chance to sit down with you and just track my, my, you know, like, um, progress. Yeah, progress. Yeah. So, so that's very powerful for two reasons. First of all, it shows maturity. Your boss will say, okay, so Sarah not only had the courage to, you know, know her self-worth, know what she's bringing to the company, but also to ask for, you know, knock on my door, 
ask for a raise, take a no, because a no can be a not now, you know, mm-hmm. it can be a perhaps later, and be proactive enough to just work there, you know. She's just trying to, you know, improve herself, her skills, and keep adding to the company. So it's a very valuable conversation. Like every manager wants that, you know, type of proactivity. Yeah. Yeah. And if if they don't, then maybe you should consider working elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, not all managers are perfect. Not all managers are going to be really excited that you're investing yourself and want to invest in you. But if you're at a place that you are happy with and you, you know, you, you want to work far, you know, you want to go farther in the company. Um, and that's the position that you're in with getting a raise, um, and everything, then don't be afraid to say, you know, this is where I want to go. These are my goals. These are my, my, my career aspirations, because oftentimes, um, well, it builds that connection with your manager. And I always say like, people want to help people. When you start Mm -hmm. saying what you want, to other people, they will do their darndest to make that happen. If anybody talks to me and they say that I'm looking for this kind of job, I'm really interested in getting into this, I will go to the ends of the earth to find who I need in order to, you know, put them in front of them so that they can do whatever they need to do to, you know, let make that happen. And a lot of times your leadership is the same way, you know, they are to, they are there to make the, you know, wheels turn but they are also there to push you farther um yeah and mm-hmm. if they're it, happy with you they don't want you to leave they want you to right. be happy as well. right yeah so yeah for sure this is why investing in a you know uh just a session with a, a good mentor or a good coach you know just paying uh, like a couple of hundred dollars can get you 7k oh yeah for sure Absolutely. You can change your entire financial mindset and your entire financial situation with a one hour consultation with somebody. And this isn't a sale. Like this isn't a sales thing or anything. You know, we don't have anything to sell. I don't, I don't even do these. Um, I know that she does. And if you want to talk to her, of course, we will have all of her information below, but, um, just having an open mind and being willing to say, Hey, maybe, maybe my mindset isn't where it needs to be. If you're like pushing, you're trying to check all the boxes and it's still not working. It's probably something internal mm-hmm. and that needs to be revisited first. Um, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> oh my God. We covered, this is, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we covered a lot. This has been fantastic. You know, where can people find you if, you know, if they are interested in learning more um, and hiring a money coach and all the things you, you post great resources, where can they find you? Of course, they can find me on Instagram on Liz.academia. And I'm also on Facebook. So um, yeah, you can book a one-on-one consultation on Instagram. There's a little button that says book now. And for all your followers, Sarah, and all the people who are listening, I'll be giving complimentary uh, complimentary 30 minutes uh, consultation. Oh my goodness. Wow. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Liz. This has been fantastic. Um, This has been so motivational for me and I know it is for other people as well. Of course. 
Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, first of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.